The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the Music Halls of Fame podcast number 123. This week, we honor a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2005, make the case for putting Pat Benatar into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and our Spotlight Museum is the Patsy Cline Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast celebrates those who have made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll also talk about who we think deserves to be inducted into the hall who aren't there yet. And plus, every week we'll discuss a different musical hall of fame, a walk of fame, or a music museum and celebrate someone who's either been inducted into that hall or walk of fame or who's been showcased in that particular museum. Let's start with what will always be our main focus of this podcast, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Hall Foundation was established on April 20th, 1983. Former Atlantic Records chairman Amit Erdogan was the head of the foundation at the time. Three years later, a committee chose Cleveland, Ohio to be the site of the physical location for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum over such cities as Detroit, New York City, Philadelphia, Memphis, and Cincinnati. I say physical location because members have actually been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for almost a decade before the building was officially opened. Cleveland was chosen due to what radio DJ Alan Freed did to promote rock and roll, including mainstreaming the phrase rock and roll, which was originally black slang for sex, and for holding the first rock and roll concert, which was held in the city of Cleveland. Ground was broken for the building on June 7, 1993. It opened on September 1st, 1995. The hall is located at 1100 Rock and Roll Boulevard in Cleveland and gets over 400,000 visitors a year on average. The hall's mission statement is, quote, to engage, teach, and inspire through the power of rock and roll is important. Learn about our history, building, economic impact, and more, end quote. It is normally open 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. with extended hours on Wednesdays and on certain days in the summer months. General admission is $26 with discounts for seniors, kids, etc., etc. Check rockhall.com, that's R-O-C-K-H-A-L-L dot C-O-M, for more information and updated hours of operation. The year was two. 2005. 
Average cost of a new house was $297,000 U.S. Average median income was 46326 Cost of gas, $3.18 a gallon. George W. Bush started his second term as President of the United States. Angela Merkel became the first female Chancellor of Germany. North Korea announced that it had nuclear weapons, then later in the year announced that it would stop its nuclear weapons program in exchange for aid, a scenario that would play itself over and over again and is still ongoing. Lebanese Prime Minister Rafik Hariri was assassinated by a car bomb. 21 people also died in that massive blast. Uzbek forces massacred 200 protesters. Teenager Natalie Holloway went missing while on vacation in Aruba. Her disappearance became a media event. Her suspected killer is now in prison for killing another young girl in Brazil. Four coordinated terrorist attacks rocked London, killing 52 people. The Provisional Irish Republican Army announced an end to their violent campaign against the British government. Hurricane Katrina killed over a 1,000 people when it slammed into New Orleans and the Gulf Coast, creating first a natural, then a man-made disaster. An earthquake in Kashmir killed over 86,000 people. Also passing away in 2005 were Pope John Paul II, politician Shirley Chisholm, entertainer Johnny Carson, actress Ruth Warwick, boxer Max Schmeling, actor Ozzie Davis, playwright Arthur Miller, actress Sandra Dee, journalist Hunter S. Thompson, car executive John DeLorean, former UK Prime Minister James Callaghan, former UK Prime Minister Edward Heath, not a good year for former Prime Ministers from Great Britain, lawyer Johnny Cochran, Monaco Grand or Monaco Prince Rainier III, former Serbian president Nikola Lebisic, actor Mason Adams, former Israeli president Izir Weissman, actor Frank Gorshin, actor Eddie Albert, basketball player George Mikan, actress Anne Bancroft, actor Lane Smith. Admiral James Stockdale, who was also vice presidential candidate with Ross Perot in 1992. Actress Frances Langford, broadcaster Peter Jennings, actor Bob Denver, King Fahd of Saudi Arabia, Holocaust survivor and Nazi hunter Simon Wiesenthal, U.S. Supreme Court Justice William Rehnquist, comedian Nipsey Russell, actor Pat Morita, actress Wendy Jo Sperber, professional wrestler Eddie Guerrero, actor John Spencer, actor James Doohan from Star Trek, he played Scotty, comedian Paul Winchell, politician Eugene McCarthy, comedian Richard Pryor, Actor Vincent Chiavelli, 
Queen Nariman Sadek of Egypt and civil rights activist Rosa Parks. In technology, YouTube started in 2005, as did Google Earth. Apple had the iPod Shuffle and the iPod Nano. Music downloads started to impact the music industry. Podcasting also started to capture the public's imagination, although it would take almost a decade before technology allowed even people like myself to podcast. Watching videos on your cell phone became a thing in 2005 as well, although you could actually start doing it in 2004. Wireless or Wi-Fi networks also became a thing because, you know, sometimes these things take a little while before they catch on. In movies, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire beat out Star Wars Episode Three: The Revenge of the Sith for the number one movie of the year. It was also the year of the first Christopher Nolan Batman movies with Batman Begins. At the Oscars, Crash shocked heavy favorite Brokeback Mountain to win Best Picture, although Ang Lee won Best Director for Brokeback Mountain. Philip Seymour Hoffman won Best Actor for Truman. Reese Witherspoon won Best Actress for the Johnny Cash biopic Walk the Line. George Clooney won Best Supporting Actor for Syriana. And Rachel Weisz won Best Supporting Actress for The Constant Gardener. On television, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody premiered on the Disney Channel while Fox started its 4Kids TV Saturday morning cartoon block. Also premiering in 2005, The Colbert Report, How I Met Your Mother, and Sci-Fi's version of Battlestar Galactica. At a concert for Hurricane Relief to benefit Hurricane Katrina victims' telethon, Kanye West said that George W. Bush didn't care about black people. No answer from Kanye when he was asked if Donald Trump cares about black people. It was also the year that Tom Cruise, while talking about his love for Katie Holmes, his wife at the time, jumped on a couch. A lot. Like a crazy person. On, of all places, the Oprah Winfrey show, and almost tanked his career. 2005 in video games saw the debut of Fear, Forza Motorsport, God of War, and Guitar Hero. Also, the Xbox 360 came out in 2005. In sports, USC won the NCAA football championship, while the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl. The Chicago White Sox won baseball's World Series. The San Antonio Spurs won the NBA championship. The Sacramento Monarchs won the WNBA championship. North Carolina won the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, and Baylor won the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. In hockey, the NHL season was canceled due to a lockout imposed by the league commissioner at the time, Gary Bettman, over a labor dispute with the Players Association. Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France, and Giacomo won the Kentucky Derby, but lost the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes, so no Triple Crown that year. In golf, 
Tiger Woods won the Masters Golf Tournament and the British Open, while Mike Campbell won the U.S. Golf Open, and Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. Annika Sorostam won the LPGA Golf Championship and the Kraft Nabisco Championship. Birdie Kim won the U.S. Women's Open, and Zhang Zhang won the Women's British Open. In tennis, Murat Safin won the Australian Open, Rafael Nadal won the French Open, and Roger Federer won Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. On the women's side, Serena Williams won the Australian Open, Justine Enin-Ardan won the French Open, Venus Williams won Wimbledon, and Kim Clijsters won the U.S. Open. In motorsports, Fernando Alonso won the Formula One Championship, Dan Weldon won the IndyCar Championship, Sebastian Bourdais won the Champ Car Championship, and Tony Stewart won the NASCAR Championship. Lance Armstrong won the Associated Press Male Athlete of the Year, while golfer Annika Sorostam won the Female Athlete of the Year. The Nobel Peace Prize was shared between Mohamed el Baharade of Egypt and the United Nations International Atomic Energy Agency for their efforts to stop nuclear energy from being used for military purposes. Singer Bono and Bill and Melinda Gates of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation were named Time Magazine's People of the Year for their charitable efforts. Matthew McConaughey was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, and Jessica Beale was named Esquire Magazine's Sexiest Woman Alive. In music, soon-to-be country superstar Carrie Underwood won American Idol. The Emancipation of Mimi uh, by Mariah Carey was the biggest-selling album in America. The Live 8 charity concerts took place worldwide. Those were for climate change and global warming. Rihanna, Chris Brown, and Panic at the Disco released their debut albums that year. And Destiny's Child broke up. They would, of course, continuously reunite for some shows Beyonce was doing, like Coachella or the Super Bowl halftime show. Musicians who passed away in 2005 included opera soprano Birgit Nilsson, not to be confused with Bridget Nielsen, Brazilian singer Amora Miranda, drummer Mike Botts of Bread, drummer Tony Meehan of The Shadows, musician Ray Bumatai, blues singer R.L. Burnside, singer Luther Vandross, musician Long John Baldry, country music star Chris Ledeau, country music singer Sammy Smith, drummer Spencer Dryden of Jefferson Airplane, opera soprano Victoria De Los Angeles, and Jim Capaldi of Traffic. At the Grammy Awards held in Los Angeles for albums released in 2005, U2 won Album of the Year for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, Record of the Year went to Green Day for Boulevard of Broken Dreams. U2 won Song of the Year for Sometimes You Can't Make It on Your Own, and John Legend won Best New Artist. At the Eurovision Singing Contest held in Kiev, Ukraine, Helena Paparizou from Greece won for the song My Number One. 
at the Tony Awards, Spamalot won Best Musical, and Le Cajafo won Best Revival of a Musical. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted Seymour Stein and Frank Barcelona into the Non-Performer Lifetime Achievement Award category. In the Performers category, the Hall inducted Buddy Guy, Percy Sledge, the OJs, U2, and this next group. The Pretenders were started by lead singer and guitarist Chrissy Hind. Hind was born in Akron, Ohio, but moved to England. Once there, she worked at music magazine NME. She fell into the punk rock scene in the mid-1970s, working with The Damned and The Clash, before eventually forming The Pretenders with drummer Martin Chambers, Pete Farndon on bass, and James Honeyman Scott on lead guitar. That lineup was the one that was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with Chrissy. The Pretenders recorded their debut album, The Pretenders, named because, as we all know by now, you can't be considered a recording artist without naming an album after yourself. Those are the rules. I don't make them. They just are. Anyway, the album had the hit song Brass in Pocket. Overall, the band made 11 albums and had hits like My City Was Gone, Back on the Chain Gang, Brass in Pocket, and Middle of the Road. One of the main themes of this band is the fact that they've gone through a lot of band members. Even before they settled on their lineup for their debut album, they went through a few changes there things might have been more consistent if drugs hadn't played a big part of the band's history. On June 16, 1982, Farndon was released from the band due to not being able to perform properly because of his drug abuse. What is ironic is that two days later, a band member died from complications due to drug abuse. It wasn't Farndon, though. He would die from drug abuse a year later, in 1983. Honeyman Scott was the one who passed away two days after he was instrumental in Farndon getting fired from the band. There's irony for you. After that, the band went through a ton of band members, including Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funkadelic, who was a member of their touring band for about a half a tour. Even Chambers left the band for a while, but eventually he came back. Presented for induction by Neil Young, The Pretenders, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Class of 2005. And now it is time for me to make what feels like my weekly case for putting more women into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Honestly, I have no idea why they won't put more women in. It just seems to be kind of stupid at this point. And yet, I will continue to push the subject. So let's keep going with that whole theme by talking about Pat Benatar who is, by the way, 
a four-time Grammy Award winner. She has had two multi-platinum albums, five platinum albums, and 15 top 40 hits. What is most important is that during her career, she fought against her record company numerous times concerning her image and made it a little easier for women in rock to gain some respect in the industry, which, let's be honest, is way overdue. She was also the second artist and the first female artist whose video was played on MTV when You Better Run was played right after the Buggles classic video, Video Killed the Radio Star. Now, if you want to get your feet wet with her, then go with her greatest hits album, Best Shots. That album has all her hits, like Love is a Battlefield, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Shadows of the Night, and many more. If you want a deep dive, then I would go with the albums In the Heat of the Night, Crimes of Passion, Precious Time, Get Nervous, and Live from Earth. Pat Benatar was actually nominated for the Hall last year, and for the first few weeks of the fan vote, she was actually leading. Then the Dave Matthews Band fan army helped to take the fan vote away, However, neither band, shockingly, ended up in the hall last year, despite their very strong fan vote performance. If the hall is serious about putting more women into its ranks, which I doubt, but let's just say that they are, then they can definitely start by putting Pat Benatar into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she definitely deserves to be inducted. In Nashville, Tennessee, stands the Country Music Hall of Fame. About two blocks over from there, at 119 Third Avenue South, stands the Johnny Cash Museum, which was started by Shannon and Bill Miller. The couple had always wanted to start another museum of memorabilia in honor of another country music legend, but didn't have the opportunity until a sad event happened. The legend's husband, Charlie Dick, passed away in 2015. He left behind a ton of memorabilia that he hadn't shared with the world at that point. Shannon and Bill got the items and, on the second floor of their Johnny Cash Museum, created a museum for that legendary artist, Patsy Cline. At the museum, you can find many items from her life, including handmade cowgirl costumes that she wore during her shows and a recreation of her dining room. The Patsy Cline Museum is open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., but closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Tickets are $18.95 for adults and $14.95 for kids ages 6 through 15. There are $1 discounts for AAA members, military members, seniors, and students with ID. Kids under 4 are free with adult admission. As always, due to COVID restrictions, check with the museum's website before you go, as they may or may not be open during that time. You know the way these things have worked lately. On a dime, things change. 
www.patsymuseum.com is their website. I will put that link in the show notes. No one knew it at the time, but this young woman was, who was on TV the night of January 21st, 1957, would actually go on to become a country music icon. And it actually took a reality TV show to do it. Back in the 1940s and 50s, Arthur Godfrey was the Dick Clark, or in this day and age, Ryan Seacrest of television. He had a bunch of shows, both on radio and TV, and was a household name. One of his shows was called Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, where amateur entertainers would get their big break. It was, in essence, a singing or talent contest show. People would go on, do their performances, and the audience would pick the winner. Think of it as American Idol before there was such a thing. In order to be on the show, you had to audition. Some people who were deemed not worthy to be on the show were Buddy Holly and Elvis Presley. Go figure. That doesn't detract, though, from the show's track record. Their soon-to-be list of stars who got their start on the show were Tony Bennett, Pat Boone, comedian Lenny Bruce, and singer Marilyn Horn. On January 21, 1957, a young woman from Winchester, Virginia, went on the show and performed the song Walking After Midnight. She won the contest that night, by the way. And that was when the world first heard the name Patsy Cline. Patsy would go on to have many hits from 1957 through 1963, although the meat of her career would be after 1960, including this classic song. The song Crazy was written by country legend Willie Nelson. Yes, that Willie Nelson. He started out as a songwriter. When Patsy Cline's husband first brought the song to her attention, he reportedly said, quote, the song's crazy, end quote, to which Patsy reportedly said, quote, it certainly is, end quote. Guess she wasn't a big fan of the original version. To be fair, though, Willie's demo track had him speaking the words instead of singing them. Patsy gave it a chance, though, recorded the song on August 21st, 1961, and released it on August 16th, on October 16th, 1961. The song became a big hit, going to number two on the Billboard Country Chart and top ten on the Pop Singles Chart. Patsy, though, was tragically killed in a plane crash in 1963. She remains an icon to this day, but she first made a name for herself by winning Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts TV contest, and one of her biggest hits was the song Crazy. Her voice would become an inspiration for many singers, including Reba McIntyre and Leanne Rimes. She's on Rolling Stone magazine's list of 100 Greatest Singers of All Time, and is a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. And you can find many items from Patsy Cline's life at the Patsy Cline Museum in Nashville, Tennessee.
And that is it for the Music Halls of Fame podcast number 123. For more music podcasts, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, HubHopper, OnlyFans, and Patreon, all under Music History Today. You can find us on our website at www.cjbtproductions.com. Our email address is musichistorytoday at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at CJBT Productions. Our Facebook page is Music History Today. Also, our SoundCloud is Music History Today. And you can find us on YouTube by searching Music History Today. This has been a CJBT Productions podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening.